Hello and welcome to the Where We Left Off podcast. I'm your host, Austin Gall, here with my co-host, Tommy Hanlon. The two of us have been working together for more than 10 years in the music industry, from managing a DIY venue to traveling the Midwest throwing parties. We've met some pretty interesting people along the way. This podcast is dedicated to conversations with artists and road dogs we have formed friendships with and see time and time again. We pick up where we left off. Tommy, how you doing, man? You doing good in uh, doing good in Colorado? I feel like I always start these episodes off with going, Tommy, how you doing, man? So, you know, here yeah, we are doing I'm it again. Doing well in Colorado. Uh, we got a little snow today, so I'm just sheltered in snow day style. Dude, I think my favorite thing about moving to St. Louis has been that I have not had a single like inch of snow like that has stuck to the ground since I've been here. So really, uh, really jacked on that because I know Omaha had like 12 yeah. inches or something the other day. So that sucks, but I'm glad to hear you're doing well, man. It's we've had, we've had some really good episodes so far. Um, you know, we're back at it. This is our, our third episode. Um, we've got a really great guest today. Um, another Omaha Lincoln area homie who we grew up with Nathan Richardson from Relentless Merchandise and the band Salt Creek, which is one of my favorite bands from our area. Uh, he's from Kearney, Nebraska. We don't talk to very many people that are from out West. Nathan's like one of the only people that I've ever really had a friendship with past, uh, past Lincoln, to be, <laughs> to be honest. And if you're not from, if you're not from Nebraska, it, like Omaha is an Island in the middle of, of Nebraska and it's on the, eastern side of the state so i don't know anybody from the other side of the state but our friend nathan is here uh nathan's a really great guy i've known him personally for a long time just through going shows in nebraska um and he's built a really great business for himself over at relentless merch uh obviously making some really good music with salt creek as well but um relentless merch has done a ton of the business has grown so much from uh, the time that Nathan has started it. Um, and he's really just like an inspiration for all of the grinders out here in the music scene uh, in the Midwest. Um, but they've worked with, you know, their recent work includes stuff with Avril Lavigne, the Grateful Dead, uh, Thousand Foot Crush, Invent Animate, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of really big, uh, big names in there. But um, yeah, really excited to have him on the program today. Uh, Tommy, you know, Nate too, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, uh, you can't forget his his obviously biggest client ever, the the Hanlon Leather Company. Um, <laughs> oh, do you get do you get your leather from him or what? No, I just got some shirts from him like back in April when this whole thing popped off. I wanted my company to oh. look a little more legit, so I was like, oh, what better than merch and T-shirts to do that? So Nathan helped me out with that, but he's he's always been somebody I looked up to. Um, like back in the day, he always stuck out, and it might just be because he was taller than everyone else, but. <laughs> You know, he would show up to everything. It felt like, and then I found out he wasn't even from Omaha. So, like, just the dedication of driving, you know, like three hours to a show alone, um, kind of blew my mind when I first realized that. But yeah, like back in the lighthouses days, they'd be on like every local show it seemed like, and I'd always see them. And just be like, man, who is this band? They're sick. They're opening for everyone, and kind of just got to know him by brushing elbows uh, at the common stays, running sound for. For his various bands that would come through and always loved seeing him and, and seeing what he was doing um and yeah just now he's he's doing the relentless thing and uh, i'm very proud of him for that so might as well bring him on the show now um let's uh welcome nathan richardson to the pod oh dude i can't unmute him i don't oh, know I, I got myself unmuted there, there you go how's it going 
Dude, good. Nathan, it's great to have you on, man. Uh, I, I think I, I mentioned it at the top in the intro here. You guys had a ton of snow. How does it feel to be trapped in a winter wonder hell? Dude, I could do a whole podcast about how much snow we got and all the weird uh, Nebraskan things about the weather right now. But yeah, I think it was 16 inches. I don't oh, know. Shit, dude. People oh. keep adding more inches to the number. It sucks, though. My van's like two blocks away, just kind of hanging out. I can't move buried, it. But, buried in snow. <clears throat> Dude, but, it's been, it, I feel like it's been a long while since like Lincoln and Omaha has had a really, really big snow like that. Like I don't remember anything like this for, for, for a couple years, at least. I, I think I just remember like my parents, like maybe 10, 15 years ago, having something like this, where it was just like, you can't do anything because you're trapped. And I remember them like being home for one day because you know, both of them work like jobs where they are always hitting overtime and they're like home at the same time. And it was, it was a fun day. I remember, but I did not take a day off work and decided to try to get my ass to work and wasn't a good idea, but at least I have my brother to cover for me. So Hey, respect the grind, man. There's nothing wrong with that. But that, yeah, dude, it's crazy because I talked to my mom, you know, she's a school teacher up in Papillion and I asked her, I was like, are they still doing snow days since you guys do like virtual learning all the time now? She's like, no, they, they kept, uh, they kept snow days. They want kids to be able to experience it. So (laughs) I I think like day off too is is more so with that. (laughs) Dude, I backed that so hard. Let the kids, let the kids have some fun, man. Get outside, go play in the snow. I could hear some like 40 year old person being like, that's like the participation trophies of snow days, but dude. Totally true, dude. Totally true. I kind of like was confused by it when she told me because if you think about it, it really doesn't make sense because if they are going, you know, in terms of virtual learning, I mean, it's like I work from home and I don't get a, you know, don't, I don't get to work from home on the days that I, you know, <laughs> I, you get what I'm saying, but I mean, I, I mean, it literally doesn't matter. Just let the kids have fun, you know? Yeah. Definitely. So there's my hot take about snow days. Um, so Nate, let's catch up, man. It's been a long time since we've talked, obviously uh, pre pandemics. The last time we saw you, I think you guys came up and played an emo night before that all, all went down. But uh, for those of for, for those listening who don't know who you are, kind of tell us about growing up. I mean, you're from Lexington, which is just outside of Kearney in Nebraska. Uh, what's it like growing up uh, in that area of Nebraska in the Midwest? Um, you know, growing up in a, in a very small music scene there and kind of developing yourself to the point where your bands are like playing all over the place, touring, and you have like this big business now kind of explain how you got from point a to like now um yeah so like growing up in central nebraska i didn't mind it um i know a lot of people when they grew up in small towns they you know say they hate their town and want to get the hell away but uh i grew up in lexington which is a super diverse population um i think it's 70 percent uh latino um population so like i grew up with people that had been nebraska or transplants to nebraska for the most part so a lot of them traveled all the time and i think uh, my attitude towards um seeing the world came from a lot of that culture where everybody was going to mexico they were going to like la or texas where their family was from and so 
um, growing up in like that area, I just kind of always felt like traveling was necessary. And um, even when we first started like doing lighthouses and even before that I played in some uh, like touring bands that I was basically just a fill in for, um, but we would have to travel no matter what, I'd say two to five hours minimum to play a show. So it was kind of ingrained in me that we had to drive long distances. And so um, I think I took that as like a worth at work ethic thing. And I was like, okay, like if I have to put in this much work to make this happen, I'm just gonna do that in every facet of my life that I want to succeed. Um, and then, yeah, just, I, when I was in college, I started relentless with my brother. Um, we bought like a really shitty press, started in a, like his bedroom, like in our party house um, and just kind of didn't take a cut and just kind of kept hustling and hustling. And uh, eventually I talked to like my, my mentor is Tyson from Iron Brush Tattoo in Lincoln. And he was like, hey, you got to quit your job. You're working like 30, 40 hours on top of working at a music store um and so i just quit my job and hustled it and then we decided to move to lincoln because uh matt's wife now wife got a job here i was dating somebody from here and uh it just felt right at the time and um now it's kind of its own beast it just keeps growing and same same with salt creek i i felt like i was the accelerator and now it just kind of does its own thing and it's kind of nice. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I, that means I'm coasting or if it means I'm like just kind of keeping it going, but it's, it's been good so far. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The growth behind Relentless has been just insane the last, I mean, obviously you started the company like almost what, 10 years ago now, right? Uh, yeah, I think 2012 is a technical year. So yeah, I mean, in less than 10 years, you've built a a huge company. I mean, it's it's crazy to see someone, you know, from our from our area killing it this hard. But there's something you said in that and about driving from place to place in the Midwest and kind of using that as like your 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 motivation to be a, you know, to to really make those trips count. I totally agree, man. I hate driving in the Midwest. I fucking hate it. I hate driving to Kansas city, to Iowa city, to South Dakota. I hate driving all over the place. Uh, so I feel your pain. So I, it's a, it's such a shitty time having to be able, having being forced to drive everywhere. I, it's always just been a huge pet peeve of mine. And, and I guess it's probably a little bit more intense on your end because you're, you're like in the middle of you, you were in the middle of, um, you know, the state, which is like a good, three or four hours away. So I guess, you know, if you were driving to like Des Moines or Iowa city or something, it would add like an extra three or four hours on. So I really respect that grind, man. It's a, it's a really, uh, it's, it's something that you really have to be mentally tough for because you're spending so much time just staring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's not a lot to look at out there either way, you know, whether you're going into Iowa or Nebraska, there's not a lot to look at until you get to Tommy in Colorado. There's I well, I love a long drive, though, because it gives you time to, like, think and, like, you know, almost, like, plot what you're going to do next, you know, when you get back. Like, like living – I'm in a small town now where, like, the closest Walmart's, like, a 45-minute drive. So even just getting groceries, I have, like, an hour and a half to myself in the car just, like, okay, what do I need to get done? You know, like, that kind of stuff where I think living in that small town and, like, just having – because I'm sure Lexington's similar where 
it maybe has like a big grocery store but if you need like something special you need to go to the town over and it's like you were just you just grew up with that as part of it so like the idea of driving 45 minutes to an hour is like the equivalent for us growing up in omaha driving downtown you know it's just like an easy drive and then to add make it three hours it's like ah, whatever that's i drive half that a day you know already so it's like eh. yeah i dude i'm in that same boat i i feel like uh and even with you guys like you've done a bus tour correct like you've done a bandwagon tour at least and then like austin you've now toured a, a good chunk with emo night and your shows and like booking so it kind of becomes a part of your like meditation. Like I, I think all my good ideas come from when I finally get that downtime that I'm like just driving and coasting and maybe listening to a podcast, but like just, just hanging out, you know? Right. Yeah. I use, I usually will open like my notes pad if I'm driving by myself and I'll turn up my music. And if I have like an idea or something, I'll just talk to text it and I'll like get home and sort all of my like separate thoughts out. It's always the way that I've been able to do it. And you're totally right. Like it is, it's extremely therapeutic. It's like part of the process for like, you know, coming back from a weekend of doing like a run of shows, you have like a bajillion ideas on your mind. You're like super inspired. You know, you have to find a way to like get all that down on paper. Cause I've, I've, I'm extremely forgetful. So I'll just, I'll just fucking forget everything. I have that same thing, but I, with my notepads, like if I'm at a show and somebody reckon, recommends like an anime or like a band to me, I'll write it in the same like context. So it'll be like Molotov solution or whatever. Uh, right. And you'll be like, is that an anime or is that a band? Like, and then you'll have to look it up. <laughs> a little bit like here's some really bad like rap lyrics or something. I don't know. I should never try to rap ever. So in terms of like how Relentless has had to kind of adapt to the new marketplace from the pandemic, you know, obviously the pandemic has really thrown a wrench into how we all operate. But from from a perspective of a merchandise company like you are, how has it really changed the way that you guys like do your business on a day to day basis? Has much changed? I mean, is there an increase in, in the demand or are you focusing on different things? How is it? How has it really changed? Um. It comes in waves. So we used to do a lot of touring bands and a lot of a lot of like band merch. And now the band realm is more online. Every band's kind of like a, a clothing brand more than a band because most of them aren't putting out music. So um, but they'll do like a, a live showcase or something and put out merch at the same time. And so uh, a lot of it's been um, with the band marketing, especially just like supplementary like um like they'll build out a web store or we're printing for like a lot of like web store band web stores too so um Do you find that like products are changing along with that like as bands are like okay we're we're more of a brand right now than a band because we can't play live. Do you find that they're like trying to incorporate different products than just your usual t-shirts and hats and all that like are, is Relentless trying to expand its product line as well to meet some of those demands of those bands that want to be more of the brand? Yeah, I, I would say we're doing a ton more weird shit right now. Um, I <laughs> A weird job that I, I don't think it's going to happen, but Kubla Khan asked about lawn chairs uh, this summer. And I was just like, dude, like that, in, that would only happen in 2020. Like, 
I, I don't think Kublicon's ever going to do lawn chairs, but <laughs> I, I pushed their management as hard as I could to make it happen. But um, yeah, it's, I, I feel like everything's getting a little bit more premium. Um, people are spending a little bit more on shirts. Like your average like band show shirt is a $20 shirt. Uh, now everybody's spending about 25 for like a good quality shirt, just so people like actually wear it and want to wear it. And even like we've been doing a lot more uh, like size tags where it's they cut out the tag, put it on there or even we insert like a woven tag, too. So I love the way that merch has evolved like that from when we were kids, because not a lot of people, not a lot of merch merchandise companies were doing that when we were younger. You know what I mean? I, I guess this is something this is kind of off topic, but are you finding a lot more of like musicians across the board are trying to form their own brand outside of their bands and are trying to do more unique uh, runs of merchandise? Um, as far as that, I would say like most, uh, most band dudes right now that were full-time touring are thinking about doing like side hustles or um, started working for their parents' business or some kind of like, um, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if are going back on the road. So they're starting to like actually get into the workforce for the first time. That's not entertainment. And, uh, which is weird. I, I can't imagine being in your like thirties, forties in that phone. Yeah. I just unplugged the phone. I think there you go. Phone's off the hook. <laughs> so when I came and uh, saw you back in April, like I said earlier, you guys had just gotten your embroidery machine operation kind of up and running, at least like the newer, bigger one, the batter one. It took up like a whole room. It was insane. Um, I see that you're, you know, you're bringing more products in-house that you were probably outsourcing before. Is there more of that that you anticipate down the line? Are there more products you want to bring in-house rather than, you know, tr- sending stuff out? Um, there's, there's some stuff that I feel comfortable, um, that we'll always kind of do in-house, like screen printing embroidery is a very traditional, like, route. I, I think when you came here last, we had just finished the edition, which, um, I think we had five heads of embroidery, and then now we're at around, like, 12, I think, 12 yeah. heads of embroidery, so we just keep adding more heads of embroidery, and, uh, it just kind of, makes sense at this point to add more um we've we've kind of looked at like doing more laser engraving and a lot of like more specific like like pad printing and stuff like that that is not a traditional method um that a typical shop would have um but with that being said i it's hard to find an exact workforce because you'd have to i'd have to learn it or train somebody on it and like make sure they're consistent with it so um there's some stuff that's it's better we partner with some companies that give us like basically like a an industry deal and yeah. then we're able to like hook up our friends with that so how big how big is your operation that you guys have now i mean how many people are you employing uh we have 17 people all together and then we have 5000 square foot so that's crazy dude that's yeah. that's that's the true hustle story man you you started out of like your house and now you're in like this massive compound and like 
employing your friends. And I guess that like, that's a good transition to my next question is how does it, I mean, how does it feel to have this business and not only be able to support like yourself and your livelihood, but like also, I mean, you employ some of your friends and like people from like the music scene. So, I mean, how does that, do you feel like a sense of pride with that? Cause I mean, I certainly would if I were you. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a sense of pride. I, um, I forget about it. Uh, I know that sounds very jaded, but like, sometimes it's like, I just got to make things happen and figure out how to make things happen. And I forget about like, Oh, like I built this crazy thing that is, you know, an actual thing that people are stoked on. Um, and I'm just like already thinking about like a hundred different things in my brain, but yeah, it's, it's awesome to go to work and, you know, we're, we're tight with everybody we work with. Uh, sometimes like that, can be a double-edged sword where your your homies like goofing up and you have to like tell them they're goofing up or you know do you it, find it, it do, little... do you find it difficult to kind of like play that you know that manager plus like friend role oh so basically we have this thing where my brother takes care of all the like <laughs> he's the enforcer <laughs> i'm the artsy like bring i'm bringing home the bacon he like makes every makes the shit work so that's so I, uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a bit of a mess i i feel like uh i'm a little bit softer than him um he like is able to like be like hey you did this wrong. Like, how are we going to fix this? And I'm like, already just like low key, like forgetting to tell them. And I don't know, my brain doesn't work very well sometimes about that stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely a double edged sword too. where I, I feel like when January hits, I'm thinking about my my crew or my family, like making sure that we have enough orders to like get us through the year. And like make it through. I, I hate, I freaking hate having to send people home early because we're low. So I like me and the, our, our new sales rep, Austin are just cold calling people. Like um, there's like some home shows coming up in March or April and we're just calling people like to make sure we have work. And it's uh, it won't be that way in May because we'll be so slammed that we can't think about anything. Um, especially if, if touring comes back on in the fall, um, I don't think I'll have a time, like time to sleep. So, um, but January right now is it's, it's interesting. So, so uh, prior to the pandemic kind of hitting, I, I guess I just, it'd be fun to just get a little bit of your perspective on how that, how it all kind of came crashing down because i'm assuming like during that time you were kind of gearing up for the summer touring you know <laughs> a season yeah. and and you probably had quite a few orders that were in that got canceled what was it what did that time like look like when everything shut down what did that i mean how did that change your day-to-day -day? and what was you know did you have any like massive issues where you had printed like five thousand t-shirts for a tour that, <laughs> that never happened yeah i mean luckily we didn't have anything that got too too iffy um i think our my last like realization that this thing was going to be for real was uh there was that microwave show that you booked in lincoln um and all of a sudden like their tour got canceled and we were printing for occurrence and invent animate on that um big silent planet tour and we we're like finally like we're like okay we made a january like we're gonna actually make money that profit this year like 
we're gonna be fine <laughs> and then march hit and it was just a, a shit show but yeah that first week was just like i didn't have any like way to like comprehend what was happening and so like mentally i was just like i i don't think i was even stressed i was just like this is happening to everybody i can't do anything about it like shit is just gonna happen hopefully it'll be back in april when people are rescheduling you know and you know it, it didn't but um yeah like that first like week we were like okay how do we pivot like what are we gonna do we ordered like a bunch of really shitty masks a lot of lost a lot of money on like those like first like cheap mask orders and i still like I don't know. I still have a lot upstairs, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a fun one, man. I, I feel like I have learned a lot from this and I've learned how to like completely change my, like, you know, my, my path so I can start actually, you know, I can flip. So, I mean, you're probably in the same boat where you're like, Oh shit. Like, now I get, I guess I can do this too. So, and yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, honestly, I've taken more time off than anything. So it's, <laughs> it's been, it's been pretty enjoyable, but yeah, I think it's made me more agile for sure. And I, I assume that's probably uh, true for all three of us. You know, it's, you've really had to think long-term instead of short-term, you know, and I think people in our specific industry really are short-sighted in their thinking sometimes in terms of long-term thinking. And I discovered that I was for sure. Um, so, you know, when things come back, I'll be looking to diversify what I, what I do in terms of events, um, maybe invest into, you know, a venue or, um, you know, something that'll, you know, produce like revenue going, you know, like long term instead of just like, hey, we got a we got a show here one night. I'm going to make some money off that and then we'll go to the next one. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's uh, it's it's definitely it's it's going to challenge everybody in their own ways. And that, I think that's how it's going to challenge me. But I think it's I think it's good to kind of evaluate right now, like what kind of challenge you want to take on too. you know, do you want to really like invest in like make this i mean like you're, you're way past this point for sure but you know investing in trying to make this a career or you know just kind of yeah. you know taking it uh taking it as you were pre-pandemic so you know I, I mean i don't know how it changes for you tom how does it change for you for me <laughs> i'm just hoping <laughs> fucking touring comes back somewhat close <laughs> to what it was like i know it won't be the exact same for a little bit but like I just can't give it up. Like, you know, like it will be my full-time thing when it comes back and I'm not going to have some side. Like I have a side thing. I have leather. I've, that's always been my side hustle. And I've been doing that the past few months and I want to figure out how to like do it on the road, but not do it. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about it lately. Yeah. But yeah, it's just tip for me. I'm a fucking road dog. Like I just know it at my heart this whole thing has just been tearing me apart that I, it's not even just the music. It's like not moving, not, not like you said, people kind of take things in our industry. Like it's a day-to-day -day lifestyle. And I've always kind of lived my life one day at a time. And I do think like a little bit into the future and try to have like goals, obviously like everyone, but I am such like a in the moment person that kind of like you were saying, Nate, that like, as all of this has gone on, 
I'm just like in that moment, like, okay, what do I got to do to get through this like moment and then just keep going. And there has been a lot within that where I'm just like, Oh fuck, I should have thought further, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, especially when it first started, like, and everything shut down kind of like you were saying, like, it wasn't registering what was happening. It was just like, I need to put the gear in the locker. I need to like figure out how to get from LA to Omaha without exposing myself to whatever crazy virus is happening. Like I wasn't even thinking down the line, like, Oh fuck, what am I going to do for money? What am I like? It wasn't until I got home and sat for about a week that I was like, Oh, (laughs) like, and then I was like, well, I guess I could go get my, leather craft crap from my parents house and like see what wallets i have sitting around to try and sell like that was yeah kind of the the pivot for me was literally just like pivoting to not sitting around like financially i know i'm fucked this year but like it'll money's whatever it's a game so it'll all come back but like yeah it's it's just kind of i still feel like i'm waiting which is probably bad. And I'm trying to do less of that this year, but um, like waiting for it to come back. I, I think that's a bad thing to do for myself because I've pretty much just been sitting waiting for like six months now. Um, it's and, not, it's not, know, it hasn't been six months. It's been, it's been like almost 10 now. So no, I know. And, and I think like the, there's moments within that where I was productive, obviously, and like doing things, but it like consecutively, it's probably like six months of just like twiddling my thumbs. And yeah. Just Dude, right now, to be honest, I think they're <clears throat> to just kind of piggyback off this. I think there's going to be a changing of the guard in terms of like generational. And we're getting really off the rails here, but I think <laughs> I, I really think that like you know there's going to be a lot of people exiting the music industry, and then and our generation is going to step into a lot of those you know oh, yeah. business facing roles in terms of opening venues or um, oh. opening a recording studio or you know managing a DIY space you know there's going to be a lot of new a lot of new faces a lot of new places and it's going to be it's going to be a whole new landscape in terms of who's controlling what what you can do and you know what that what the entire i, I more so it's really going to change in terms of you know um you know, who's going to be owning all of these venues and who's going to be controlling a lot of these regions. So it's going to be interesting to kind of come back from that, but that's, that's so far off the rails. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't need to talk about all that right now. If we even get back to the point, you know, in the next 10 months where we can get back on the road, but we'll talk about that then. So next question. I was like, I don't got anything to say on that one, dude. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> like, I'm just over here doing my thing. Um, Something that I was going to ask you about earlier, it was kind of when you were talking about the beginnings of Relentless and you were working like a 30 hour drive or 30 hour job a week and then doing Relentless on top of it, doing bands on top of it was Relentless when you did kind of decide to quit that day job or whatever. Was it also a means to be able to have the freedom to tour when you wanted? Um because I know a lot of people struggle with like holding down a day job when they do go on. Even like if you leave for like a week out of every month, like your employer does not like that. Yeah. <laughs> so like what's relentless kind of your means to being able to have the freedom to still pursue touring? Initially. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the, uh, dude, it's so weird. I like initially I was like, Oh, like this music store won't let me, like I was working at Yonda's music, which is a sick music store in uh, central Nebraska, but, they didn't understand uh, that 
like I wanted to be gone for a month. And they're like, hey, like, you have a week, you can be gone. And I was like, dude, this isn't going to work. Um, and so at first I was like, yeah, like I work for myself. I can now do whatever I want. And then now it's like I'm on the other end of the spectrum where this consumes my life so heavily. And it's it's a very good consuming of my life um, because I absolutely love doing this. Um, but touring isn't really as accessible to me anymore. Um, I'm, I'm kind of putting things into place that I can tour. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be working on the road. And uh, when we started Salt Creek, it, it's been interesting. We, the first few, like, uh, you know, 14 day tours, trying to figure out how to work on the road was very interesting and uh, very tiring. And I feel like the connections I made uh, were not as strong because of me being on my laptop all the time. So um, I figure out, I'm gonna have to figure out a balance next next go around, which maybe maybe uh, this break from traveling and everything is a good thing. And I'll actually be able to like figure out how to work efficiently on the road for once. But so um, let's, let's get in and talk about Salt Creek. One of my favorite bands ever from the Nebraska area. There's not a whole lot of music that comes out of Nebraska that I truly, I truly enjoy. So credit to you. The band is fucking great. Um, it's been fun to watch the band launch tour, kill it since you guys have pretty much started, you know, you've, you've played in bands before you had a lot of relationships all over the States. Um, you guys were able to kind of, you know, jump in where you left off with lighthouses and some of the other um have you toured with other bands you've you've filled in on a couple haven't you yeah i played in a band uh called pilot for kite that i yeah. toured with a good chunk but. yeah so i mean just talk briefly about where you left off with salt creek what's going on in terms of writing what the plans are for the future i mean because you guys had a ton of steam coming uh coming into the pandemic i mean you guys um had a, a really a really good single release i believe you had an ep release prior to the pandemic as well yeah. um the ep was huge and i felt like you guys were poised for a pretty big year so what's uh just kind of give us a rundown of what's going on there um so there's a lot of things happening that i'm, I'm not supposed to talk about but i think that's those bullshit like when you're like oh we're gonna announce this thing so if somebody's hearing this and they're like oh they're not gonna announce this for six months i don't give a shit so uh you're hearing it here first, probably not. But um, so Salt Creek, uh, yeah, like the EP came out like, and then like six months later, COVID happened. Um, we had some really big tours uh, that are, we, we got on management, management. Um, we had some big tours lined up. We had some really like uh, big shows. Like we got offered this uh, huge show in Boston that was supposed to be like uh, sold out at uh, the Palladium. And like, right. we're like, dude, we're these fucking chumps from Nebraska. Cool. We're going to play these big shows. And then, yeah, every, everything hit, uh, that's all gone, but it's not, it, it ain't the end of the world. Um, and basically right now we're sitting on an EP and a full length. Um, we just got signed to tooth and nail records, oh, dope. Um, which if 25 people hear this, I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not supposed to tell anybody yet, but it doesn't matter. We, um, won't, we won't advertise it, but you heard it here oh, first. Hell no. Um, so, yeah, we we got, we're on a label now. Um, we have some, like, cool things that are working up. 
um, our, our management's excited on these new, like the new singles. We have a, basically we have like all this stuff that we're just like piling so we, together, yeah, but yeah. it's it's pointless to like really do much right now because I I feel like our crew is in the same boat as everybody and we're like well like new music's sick like i i think it'd be sick to drop it right now but um i feel like we have to be in a mental headspace to like really give it put in some work and start giving it what we need to and i think like i think it's probably going to come out in march or april um and i think we'll we'll be fine by then but it's it's cool that we get to be on our own terms and get a kind of give us a break for once because yeah we i mean not as much as other bands per se but yeah we we're doing like 150 shows a year diy for two to three years and then um just yeah it it's been interesting to take a break and figure out who we actually want to be and i think it's been good for that so yeah, it's crazy because not a lot of bands from our area in in the genre that we kind of come from, you know, that hardcore pop punk, you know, alternative, you know, music scene. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of people that really make it out and get signed. So that's that's a huge that's a huge win for our for our state <laughs> for our scene. So that's 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 a huge man. Congrats and tooth and nail. I mean, obviously, is one of the you know legacy. Uh, yeah record labels that we've all you know, grown grown up listening to you know under yeah. solid i mean the solid state i mean there's so many bands that come come from that that realm of music that were so influential to us back in the day so that's even more exciting and i think salt creek fits tooth and nail perfectly so that is going to be like a great marriage of, <laughs> of a really yeah. great label and a great band that'll fit extremely well into there so congrats man cheers thanks yeah they've they've already been really good to work with uh we have like a really good a and r rep that is excited about the band and uh has really good input it's stuff that like as a small band you don't think about um and he's like kind of sees a more macro version of us than we do <laughs> um but yeah it's it's been awesome to work for them or work with them so far and um it's cool to actually have a budget to like work on things and do things how we exactly want the project to end up instead of like cutting corners on mastering or you know on artwork or vinyl or some shit so it, label support is so huge when it comes to that stuff like being able to actually create the vision that you see rather than like like you said you've been doing it diy for so long and you can make do diy and make awesome shit but like there's still that like little buffer where people are just like oh, this is next level, you know, because they're on a label or they have this like great sounding album and it doesn't sound like it was recorded in a basement or mastered by like a buddy, you know, like. And that's, yeah. and that's not to say that anything Salt Creek has <laughs> has recorded. No, it sounds it's always, like that. always, been, oh, it's yeah. always been great. Like the DIY stuff up to this point, that was actually a question on my list was, is Salt Creek signed? Because I, I wasn't entirely sure because it's always so polished and it seems like it would be something coming from like either somebody on an indie label or like, you know, whatever, but um yeah it's salt creek has always impressed me and and yeah i was curious what what the state of the band was currently yeah um i don't remember what i was gonna say between those but it's it's weird right that's all i got 
it's a it's definitely a strange time to get signed like this happened during the pandemic yeah and another thing about like even tooth and nail like a lot of those dudes have like a little bit more punk roots so they understand that we're still gonna have to hustle and tour and they're like okay this is this is point a for the band they don't even think like like they understand that like we're still just a tiny band that they have to figure out like our place in the world and we're also in the same same boat but um it's like resource wise like i mean we've we've hired publicists with our uh diy and actually having label support management and like the the i being DIY, like having tools um, that are not so DIY has been like super helpful for our band. We still like do a lot DIY and we're already talking like even having a booking agent, like we're still going to like DIY book tours and still going to hustle around and do the DIY route because um, I see a lot of our friends get these sick support tours and then they'll do that tour and then six months later, maybe do another small support tour. And it, it just kind of crumbles a band. And I'm like, man, I just want to like have that organic where cool. We get these big tours, but like, we just want to have fun doing the band and play to who fucking ever and no matter what. So. Nice. Dude, I'm lo- I'm I'm just kind of mind blown. Edit this out. I'm just mind blown that you guys got signed to fucking tooth and nail. That's such a <clears throat> such an out of left left field like sign. It's not. It makes complete sense. It just came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's the fun thing about like their about their releases. Sometimes it's like they don't really like tease anything. You know, I think you're going against the brand here, Nathan. I don't know if you should be. I don't know if you should be saying this on the on the pod, man. Yeah, man. Uh, we actually didn't. Get signed to tooth and nails. It's so, uh, a lie. I'm sorry. That's all I just wanted to see the blue. <laughs> okay, uh, I want to talk about food in Lincoln uh, because we are probably not going to have anybody on the podcast from Lincoln ever again. I can't imagine who we would have on from Lincoln no, talk again. About food, you know. So, all right, for uh, anybody that doesn't know, I think all three of us can attest we're all big dudes. Oh yeah, like. Yeah. And I'm a big dude, and uh, it's okay. Hold on, hold on. It's funny that you said that because prior to recording this podcast, I was I was sitting on my couch. I was like, you know what, dude? All three of us are fucking big dudes. <laughs> like, yeah, I used the to video on this people, is gonna be badass. I used to get offended when people call me Big Nate. Now I'm like, dude, you are. I embrace it. I I don't think I'll ever be small, and my my bones won't let me be small. So yeah, I, me either. I love it, but <laughs> I've been trying. I've been running for those who are interested. I've been running recently. I've been running like three miles every other day. I'm about to do it after this podcast here. It's it's raining outside too. So I'm I'm really dedicated to this shit. I'm really out here doing it. But uh let's talk about something not uh very good for your body. Bad food in Lincoln that is good food. Um I mean, I feel like Lincoln is overlooked in terms of food because Omaha is like right there and Omaha has oh. better better food. Absolutely. There's no there's no I mean, fight there's no fighting that but you guys have like some good spots like in uh i'm i'm vegetarian and i've been vegetarian for like four years so maybe i'm a little bit more biased because i i can't really barbecue or a lot of the hot spots in omaha but i mean you guys have like modern love omaha like some good spots but 
Lincoln has a lot of diving spots that non-locals don't know about. <laughs> um, our, I don't know if this is a thing in the rest of Nebraska, but our, our popular dish is pepperoni with cream cheese and like Ugh. our pizza. It sounds good. Um, but yeah, we have like Ramos. Um, my, my favorite pizza spots, Big Sal's, but it feels like you're walking into somebody's like living room when you go to their bar. So. <laughs> that's like the best kind of place though. Like for real, it's the, che- it's cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's that, that's, I don't care if I'm walking into your living room, as long as it's cheap and it's good, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well on, on that note, dude, is, is Yaya's overrated? Because that's like, it's <laughs> like really the only pizza that I've ever had in Lincoln. Uh, I, I think it's a little bit overrated. Um, one of our dudes in the Salt Creek, uh, works there full time. Uh, but it's, it's like the Chipotle of pizzas. It's like, if you want to like a burrito, like that's like a fancy burrito, it's the shit. But For those of you who don't know what Yaya's is, it's it's right next door to the Bourbon Theater. If you've ever played a show in Lincoln, you've probably either played uh, at one of the many dive bars or you've played at the Bourbon Theater. <laughs> and it's right next to the Bourbon Theater. I, I usually get a slice every time I go. It's, it's okay. People hype it up. The first time I ever went, it was like... It was like I was walking into, like, fucking heaven, dude. Like, everybody made it seem like it was this magical place where I was just going to fall in love. And I was just like, yeah, this is just this is just pizza. It's all right. Yeah, it's different, which is sick. Like, I've never had a pizza like it. And I really like their pizza. But there is this, like, super hype about it. But, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's all right. It's very, it's very overhyped, in my opinion. But Isn't it one of the late night? Like, it's open, like, crazy late, right? Like, two or something stupid? Uh, I think it's just midnight or one. Oh, but. Midnight. Yeah, I was they also, one of those like post bar places, and that's why it was always so hyped. Because yeah, it was always like once you're out drinking in Lincoln, like oh, you gotta go get pizza. Yeah, yeah. It's like they also have like beers from around the world, which is kind of I think more of a specialty that a lot of people don't know. Um, but I don't. I, I'm a straight edge, but uh, and I know we've talked about that. <laughs> you guys like text me. You're like, hey, are you straight edge? And I'm like, yeah, but I can. I can talk about anything, but yeah, they have like some really good, like, um, Latvian beers on tap, like just like beers from the weirdest places you'd ever think that beers right. would come from. So, okay. Well, I, yeah, for real. going to definitely going to keep that in mind for the next time I'm Lincoln. I don't know when the hell that's going to be, but the, dude, the one thing that I love about Lincoln that I've always loved about Lincoln going there in college and being a, a as Nate told you all, we are all pretty big dudes. As a big dude, I like burritos, dude. Daily owns originated out of Lincoln, and that is like the holy grail of shit, bur- shitty burritos that you, <laughs> you can dude. that you can get in the state. So shout out to Lincoln for Daily owns. I love, I fucking love that place. I just love big burritos. I don't know no. if you can ever go wrong with a big burrito. No, no, uh, dude, yeah. you, you can't. They're they're hash brown burrito specifically. It's like hash browns, bacon, eggs. Uh, God, I can't remember else. What else? Sausage, I think. It's it's so good, and it's like a it's like as as big as my forearm, to be honest. Like it's it is so so big. So one thing that like St. Louis yeah, doesn't have here is like good. a a drive through like burrito spot that's like six bucks, and you get like a burrito that's the size of your arm. I really miss that. I think I you're like looking at the wrong spots. 
St. Louis has everywhere I've been ever has some sort of like divey 24 hour drive up, you know, burrito, same menu. It's like the pictures that are like the wrong size they're stretched. So the food looks a little longer than it's supposed to like every place I've ever been in the United States and even some other countries has that exact like same paint job, same everything like daily owns vibe, but just different name. <laughs> you know, I also feel like it might be word of mouth though. So if, if you can't go out to bars right now, like that's where I find out about all the like good fucked up food. Like right. is at the bars. So. Okay. Well, give me your fav- two favorite restaurants in Lincoln. How about that? Okay. Um, so my first favorite restaurant is uh, very biased because they're just nice people. Um, and they make the craziest goodest tofu. Uh, oh, that sounds it's called It's called Hayoya. It's a Korean barbecue. Um, they have like the weirdest decorations. There's like uh, like characters from like Family Guy and Simpsons and just random people like on the walls in this like big wrap. Um, but yeah, it's just like super good Korean barbecue, but it's not really traditional Korean. It's just like a super American americanized like they make like burrito like korean like barbecue burritos hell yeah it, dude it's great um, dude okay so that, that i i have discovered korean barbecue as of like the last three months and there's this spot by my place called soul taco here in the grove in st louis and they do a like steak bulgogi burrito and it is like the most amazing thing that i've ever had in my entire life so i i, I have to go try that place when i'm in lincoln next Dude, yeah. Uh, other than that, there's like a, a super good Chinese food spot called uh, Ming's House. That's like my go-to. But, yes. uh, the the main I don't I should know his name by now. There's a there, there's a kid that works there. I like straight up call him. He recognizes my ID and just says, "Hey, the huge," and then hangs up the phone um, when I say yes. And like it's like this. I don't have to even like think about ordering anymore. But the best place it's like when you get to that point somewhere where you can call them and they know who you are and they know what you want or you walk in and they know what you want. It's yeah. like the biggest like you feel this weird sense of a like pride and accomplishment. I don't know about like as an OG fat kid, like the first time that happened to me, I was like, oh, my God, I've made it. Like, I'm never going to not go here, dude. Right? Yeah, his aunt gave me a Christmas present, too like huh, yes. I, I i feel like that's like a fat kid thing to get a christmas present from the owners of a chinese restaurant but uh what did they, what did they give you a chinese calendar they well they gave me a calendar what was it i've gotten a calendar before too oh sick uh yeah, no, they, it was like they gave me a couple of things i think it was like some kind of like water bottle or oh wow like a going in. so that's so that's sick was it branded with their restaurant please say yes yeah oh yes i wish i had i'm gonna take a picture of it tonight like you put our kids through college here's a water bottle dude let's let's have that be the let's have that be the thumbnail of this episode is the is that is that tumbler that he got from the chinese restaurant taking a sip out of it oh nathan i love it well thanks for coming on dude i we we're gonna 
we're going to cut and we're going to make this a uh, an easily digestible episode at like 50 minutes. All of our other episodes have been like an hour and a half. So it was oh, great yeah. talking to you, man. It was great catching up and hearing about what's been going on with you and Salt Creek and Relentless Merchandise. And we certainly wish you the best uh, going forward here the next uh, couple months as we kind of taper out of this out of this global pandemic. I don't think we really even, I don't, I don't even know why I mentioned the pandemic. We all know what we're going through, but <laughs> thanks for coming on. Absolutely. And uh, any, any last things you'd like to plug before we uh, wrap up here? Dude, I don't know. Uh, follow Nathan, on, follow Nathan on Twitter because he's hilarious. So please do that. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, be nice to USPS people because they're getting stuck today. Uh, be nice to service workers, tip drivers. I don't know. Be, be, don't be an asshole. I, that's probably yeah. it. And order order merch from Relentless Merchandise. Oh yeah, yeah. Need shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Plug my business too. <laughs> oh yeah. Order, order some shirts so I can keep buying Chinese food. Yeah. If getting you guys presents. need quality printed shirts for your business, for your band, for whatever, if you just want to put your face on a shirt and give it to your friends. Nathan is the dude. Whenever anybody asks me where to go for screen printing in Nebraska or even nationally, send yeah, them to it, the list. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not just uh yeah, I was gonna say it's not just not just we Nebraska. Worldwide, baby. Yeah, worldwide, worldwide. baby. Worldwide. Running yeah, this somebody shit. Just posted like their shirts. Is somebody I know from Leatherwork on the East Coast? They just posted their shirts and they were like, Thanks to Relentless. And I was like, What the fuck? <laughs> like, it it blew my mind for a you second change you should change your your company name to prestige worldwide we made some shirts that said relentless worldwide but it sounded okay. a little too corny and a little too <laughs> i love it yeah that could be misinterpreted in some bad ways so it's probably a good thing you didn't do those <laughs> we're a really oh, bad man. cover band oh my god but anyway thanks again nathan we'll uh we'll talk to you here soon thanks all right bye y'all have a good day later And that's our show. If you like what you heard on this episode and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe to our pages. You can find us on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts, as well as Spotify. You can also find us on social media, too, at LeftOffPod on Twitter. And just simply search our name on Facebook or Instagram, the Where We Left Off Podcast. See you next time.